Hey everybody, welcome back to the Luck Dog Podcast. This is your host, Elias Roush. I'm not even going to attempt to do that voice too much, but I mean, how could you not? This guy has such an interesting voice. Uh, So today we're discussing Mr. Robot Season 1, Episode 1. One of the most interesting shows that has ever been put to date, put out one of the most uh, unequivocal pieces of media that have so many different types of Easter eggs and it's like this smorgasbord of different types of movies and television we've seen over the course of the year, uh, uh, many years, um, created by Sam Esmail. And written by Sam Esmail. Now, the first season has um, several different directors, but I do know the second and third season that are released right now, and I believe the fourth season, are all going to be directed by Sam Esmail. For better and for worse. I'll just say that for up front. So this first episode is episode 1.0, Hello Friend. Uh, Here is the synopsis. In Mr. Robot, Elliot, a cybersecurity engineer by day and vigilant hacker by night, is recruited by a mysterious underground group to destroy the firm he's paid to protect. Elliot must decide how far he'll go to expose the forces he believes are running and ruining the world. So, this uh, originally came out June 24th, 2015, aired kind of in the middle of the summer, dropped dropped like randomly, didn't have any expectations or anything um, leading up to it originally. Um, This first episode is a little over an hour, coming in an hour and two minutes. This was uh, debuted on USA Network, and I'm re-watching it currently on uh, Amazon Prime Video. So... There's many things about this uh, particular series that I really like. First of all, this is the series that had me most interested in looking into podcast as a secondary form of uh, kind of follow-up recap entertainment. This was the initial show that I was like, damn, this is such an in-depth show that it could really benefit from having, you know, a recap of what did I miss, what, you know, what is going on. Um, and a nice little conversation or discussion behind it. And that's generally what I found uh, gratifying about listening to podcasts. So as we go, given that I don't have a co-host with me going through um, Mr. Robot with me at this time, I'm kind of gearing up for Season 4 happening, I believe, in the middle late October. So it's just me right now. I will have some suggestions on other podcasts that have a little bit more freeform discussion about what happened throughout the uh, the entire episode. But there are a couple things that I want to say personally about the series and maybe the individual episodes um, that really stand out to me personally. Uh, let me say... One of the things that stood off uh, the page or off the screen for me first, the titles, the boldness, the uh, the the writing, the um, the 
little bits and pieces, the the details in the background, the posters, the the music. There is a, so many different things that are firing on all cylinders that really make this work. Um, I, I I'm going to say tons of positive things about this season and this uh, series as a whole. I will also cover this um, in a small spoiler section for everyone that has seen through season three. I'm going to touch on light spoilers and stuff like that, just what stuff that we already know um, coming off of this first uh, episode and, no, and going through season threes. But I'll give you a fair heads up before we um, go through the spoiler section for everyone that has seen through uh, season three. Um, so uh, this, um, let me let me go through a couple of the uh actors that really stand out for me in this first uh, episode. Because there's so many different types of spoilers in this series, I might kind of dance around. I might be a little jig, you know, uh, uh, jittery in my speech or dialogue because I don't want to spoil anything specifically for you guys. Um, so, you know, cut me just a tad bit of, bit of slack when kind of explaining some of this. Um, but the first character that we uh, are introduced to and the main character is uh, played by Rami Malek. Um, He plays Elliot Alderson. And Elliot Alderson, um, well, actually Rami Malek, the actor, we know him, um, majority of people know him. If you don't know him from Mr. Robot, you know that he was Freddie Mercury in uh, Bohemian Rhapsody. And actually... um, has won Emmys and Oscars both alike. Um, he's also been in Papillion, and he's also been in uh, Buster's Mal Mal's Heart, and uh, he has a reoccurring spot on BoJack Horseman. If you've heard his voice on there, and he's also Joshua in Until Dawn, the video game, I believe. And uh, he's also in Night at the Museum, which is probably where a lot of people saw him, just didn't even know. Also, he had the uh, short... Uh, oh, he actually didn't... It wasn't that short. It was a, 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 it was a brief uh, spot on Need for Speed. But um, anyways... Oh, and you know some, of, some people might know him from uh, the Twilight series as well. I don't know if he had a big part in that either. Um, but anyways, Rami Malek. What an interesting looking guy for one thing. I'm, you know, just his appearance really pops off the page or pops off the screen. You, you know, he has those eyes that people will immediately say, "Wow, um, um, really expressive eyes." So um, let uh, let's go through um, a couple of the scenes in the episode, um, and I can kind of explain some more things, uh, more detailed, uh, plot recap, synopsis, uh, things, you know, you know, there's little Easter eggs about this episode that I really want to talk about from a non-spoiler point of view that are pretty interesting. Um, one of the strongest things I think about this opener of the season is, uh, how ambitious this writing is. And it immediately starts off with this big ambitious, you know, a shot of all these people that you know get to play God, the people that are in the top one percent running all the corporate business, and um, it really puts us in this state of paranoia 
of Elliot Alderson, thinking that he's uh, being followed. But on top of that, he's saying, uh, you know, on top of the paranoia, on top of these people that are probably trying to run the world, on a that's on a macro scale. On a micro scale, we see him in the first episode, one of the very first scenes that really jump off the page. Uh, jump, I keep saying, jump off the page, jump off the screen, uh, is this confrontation uh, of Elliot telling Ron that you know he essentially, long story short, doesn't give a shit about money and knows um, that Ron is running some sort of. Uh, it's not human trafficking, but it's uh, he has child pornography all on his servers and stuff like that, and he's kind of running his coffee shops that are doing fairly well. Um, he said opening eight next quarter, and he had 17 already or something like that? I don't know. Um, yeah, so Elliot doesn't give a shit about that, but he does have this like moral code. And so he kind of develops in our mind as... In my mind, personally, he's kind of like this like hacker Batman at the beginning of this first season, or of this first episode. And I was like, oh, so this is the kind of episode we're going to get throughout um, each of the series. And I'm like, oh, you know, okay, we're going to get uh, a hacker, you, you know, he, we're going to get Elliot stopping the hacker of the week. Um, at this point, we can't discuss whether that's accurate or not, but I was... Uh, this, these were my initial thoughts. I was like, this is, you know, I could get used to this. It's, uh, really interesting to see him kind of, you know, uh, dissect these individuals in his life, um, you know, through technology, even though it is completely and unethically wrong on all levels. And he's kind of willing to break, you know, the boundaries and stuff like that, which, you know, ethically isn't always that good, but it, it sure makes hella TV to watch. Police, you want them to find out about the hundred terabytes of child pornography you served to your four hundred thousand users? Personally, man, I was hoping it was just gonna be some BDSM stuff. You realize how much simpler that would have been? I did not hurt anyone. I never did. So um, one thing that we uh, learn about Elliot in this first scene is uh, his uh, his father, and uh, you know this kind of relationship that's happening that he just happens to blurt out to Ron, and uh, I I I really admire um, Elliot's ability to you know connect to people even though he's taking them down at the same time um another thing about this scene personally i think it's extremely well directed which is the director of this episode is um sorry nails arden Oplov. i'm not too familiar with him except for the fact that he has done, oh gosh, did he, he did the last Flatliners in 2017, which I heard was horrendous, unfortunately. Um, did an episode of Midnight in Texas, Game of Silence episode. He did only one episode in Mr. Robot, so he did the open, opening one, which I think is one of the best. Um, uh, Speed Walking, uh, Under the Dome, one episode, Dead Man Down, the movie, that was not a great movie. 
Um, the Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, okay, in t- 2009. Uh, I didn't think that was too bad of a movie. I thought that was pretty good. Um, that was the American one that uh, um, played here, and then some other, it uh, looks like, uh, television from other places. But, um, yeah, this movie is excellent. Sorry, this movie. This I, I call this television show a 10-hour movie because it honestly feels like one just watching the first one. Um, Elliot. The acting, the um, the directing, the cinematography, and the music. Matt Quayle, my goodness, he is bringing the fire to this uh, this episode. Um, Matt Quayle has done uh, other scores for um, shows like I think it was uh, Scream Queens, and he did it f- he, a score for Contagion, I believe. And he was also on some American crime stories, so he's on some of that, and uh, a couple of other things uh, among uh, other projects. Uh, yeah, so Matt Quayle, I, I I love what he does with the uh, sound. It just puts this kind of underlying unnervingness, but also this adrenaline rush that you can also feel in this like trance state. I'm very different, too. I mean, I don't jerk off to little kids, but I don't know how to talk to people. My dad was the only one I could talk to. But he died. So we have confirmation from Elliot that his father has passed. And uh, he explains this leukemia and that, you know, he got it from radiation from the company he worked at. Um, Couldn't prove it, but the company's still around and his father's passed away. Um, Obviously, it's eating at Elliot's conscious. So besides that, it's uh, it's an amazing scene. We know what happens at the end of that. uh, Samat... Shikarabarti plays Ron, and I thought he did an excellent job, by the way. I, I believe this is a one and done for Ron, um, for this episode, at least. So throughout the episode, we keep uh, cutting to Elliot looking at these people, uh, either on the subway or throughout the city, and it, he keeps saying, I think I'm being... Uh, so the first thing that uh, Christian Slater's character has to say is, you know, hey, what's happening? All that on on the train. He's, you know, it's an exciting time, that kind of thing, um, to be in the world now or something like that. And uh, I don't know, inter- interesting but odd scene um, for an intro. Uh, a lot of great. Let me see. Is this a one take? Yeah, I, I believe this is. Oh no, it's not a one take. Sorry. I thought the intro to his office was a one take. But anyways, there's a lot of monologue that goes on throughout the uh, episode through uh, Elliot's head. We're just kind of learning all about the different people in his life. Angela, we learn about uh, uh, played by Portia Doubleday. And uh, Michael Gill, who plays Gideon Goddard as as his boss. And uh, yeah, he's kind of high strung just a little bit. But ultimately, we find out that both of these people um, seem to be pretty good people. Um, 
uh, let's see, let's see, skipping ahead, a little bit further ahead, um, okay, so we're introduced to Ollie, who is, uh, Angela's, um, boyfriend, kind of douchey boyfriend, we kind of learn more about him and his, what's going on with him and, uh, whatnot later in the episode, but, uh, you know, the Maroon 5, the infidelity, the, the annoying quirks this guy has, it's just, like, tons of stuff. Um, also, we are introduced to, um, Krista Gordon, who is played by, um, Gloria Rubin. And Gloria Rubin does an excellent job in this role, just because, uh, even this first episode, she has this uh, uh, magnetism that kind of uh, comes off of her. I don't know, just some very interesting stuff that uh, that come that is mined specifically from her storyline. I'm good at reading people. My secret: I look for the worst in them. I know she went through a divorce four years ago. I know she was devastated by it and has been dating losers on eHarmony ever since. recent foray, Michael Hansen. I searched for him online, but nothing came up. No LinkedIn, no Facebook, nothing. Something about him bugs me. Scratching that part of my mind again. But I'll hack him soon enough. I always do. I know you're not yelling like So, yeah, I love the inner monologues he has and the way that he just kind of dissects the people that he uh, is you know, introduced to in his life for better and for worse. It's, it's not a great way to socialize with people, just kind of overanalyzing what they do and hacking their, you know, their tech and stuff like that. Kind of assuming how they, how they live. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it provides for an interesting plot. And we also are in, introduced to, uh, his, actually his line of thinking among, uh, other things. We're introduced to Michael Hansen, which is, uh, What's his face? Uh, her boyfriend, who's also not a great guy. And uh, let me see. This was very important to his line of thinking. Uh, Elliot's. Oh, I don't know. Is it that we collectively thought Steve Jobs was a great man, even when we knew he made billions off the backs of children or maybe it's that it feels like all our heroes are counterfeit the world itself's just one big hoax spamming each other with our running commentary bullshit masquerading as insight our social media faking as intimacy or is it that we voted for this not with our rigged elections but with our things our property our money I'm not saying anything new. We all know why we do this. Not because Hunger Games books makes us happy, but because we want to be sedated. Because it's painful not to pretend. Because we're cowards. Fuck society. Elliot. Elliot, you're not saying anything. So, uh, clearly Elliot has uh, some strong feelings. One thing about this episode is that it does kind of root itself in 2015. It shows images of Steve Jobs, the creation of Apples and uh, iPhones, the uh, 
scrolling through Twitter, scrolling through Facebook, Mark Zuckerberg, Tom Brady, Bill Cosby, Lance Armstrong, and uh, who else was hap- what else was happening at that at t- that time? Just a ton of things that were relevant mostly in 2015 and a couple of those you know topics are still relevant now you know apple's still sort of relevant tom brady's store still somehow uh in every other super bowl and uh the fact is elliot is saying he thinks that the majority of our heroes are you know fake and you know are 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 and we are to blame in a way because of commercialism and uh, consumerism, I guess. Um, the Hunger Games, that was the other one. He he points out the, the Hunger, I think he keeps calling them the Hunger Games. Is the Hunger Games what the, the book's really called? I, I couldn't remember what the, the Hunger, it might be called the Hunger Games. I can't remember anyway. But uh, anyways, those movies are long gone. And so this, this show is starting to root itself definitely in a 2015 way that I was kind of hoping that it would... Uh, move past uh, in a way. I thought it was, I was hoping this show would have had a longer shelf life than what I'm seeing right now. I mean, oh, it's been four years since this has been released, and it was probably created two years before then. So they did a pretty good job with the longevity, but they didn't think about it from uh, a very long standpoint. Like, how is this show going to look and sound in 50 years? Like, uh, is Facebook and Twitter, are we still going to be scrolling on those? Are we going to be worried about Bill Cosby and uh, Lance Armstrong? No, because 50 years later, these people aren't going to be, uh, I guess, what's relevant at the time. I don't know. this. The way this show is geared, it kind of wants to be an all-encompassing, like you can watch it anytime kind of thing, but it also is very much rooted in 2015. Um see yeah uh the next scene it's uh we learn more about ollie and his uh complex past that we are uh a couple of scenes show how uh elliot has quote-unquote reprogrammed himself to see uh e corp as evil corp and he's also introduced to terry colby and a guy named tyrell wellick played by Martin Wallstrom. Uh, Martin Wallstrom does a killer job in this. He's um, he's known for a lot of... St- uh, actually, uh, oh yeah, a lot of... Uh, what is it called? Uh, S- Swedish... Um, m- Swedish movies. And Terry Colby is introduced as a dumbass, played by Bruce Altman... And I love how Elliot kind of just tears him apart. He's like, you know, look at this guy. He's got a damn head up his ass, and he owns a Blackberry. I mean, what kind of more of an asshole could you be? I mean, I was just like, jeez, just just ripping everybody that owns Blackberries, I guess. I mean, I don't know many people that do anymore, but the the 2% that do just call him an asshole. Um, the introduction to Tyrell Wellick is very interesting because – this isn't the first time we've seen him. If you look real closely, he is at the very first scene of the people that uh, are being talked about as the people that run the world or run, you know, control the, you know, the meteor type stuff. And Tyrell is actually in the silhouette of the shadow. He's actually one of the first people we see. 
And uh, so they're bonding over which, uh, uh, I don't know, root kits or, I don't know, hacker stuff they use. The thing about this show, I'll, I'll go ahead and straight up say it. The thing about the show, it's all about hackers. It's all about, you know, hacking into the system, overriding the uh, the man, that kind of thing. The thing is, it's very accessible for somebody that has no idea what hacking is or how it, how it works. The music, the direction, the acting, everyone explains it in a way that a four-year-old could understand. Or, or you know, someone that is just very unrehearsed in the um in the hacker language so they're over here talking about kbe running linux and doing all this other stuff um i i I, once again it goes over my head but the fact is you still understand that tywell wellick as a character is still um uh someone of a formidable guy to just you know make sure that you keep an eye on and uh you know, he's already guessing what Elliot's got going on through his head. So um, after this, we learn a little bit about, uh, you know, his... Uh, Elliot is upset in his room, and we find out that this is kind of a reoccurring thing, and he deals with it appropriately through drugs. And before he takes those drugs, he's kind of seeing his... kind of replaying how his mother used to... Uh, what looks like uh, burned cigarettes on his arm or something like that. I'm not really sure exactly what it was, but they did not have a great relationship from what we can tell. Um, and we're assuming that's his mother. I'm not exactly... I'm, I'm pretty sure that it is. Um, so, uh, Elliot snorts only... Oh, wait, what what is he snorting again? Hold on, I got this. Oh, I do morphine. The key to doing morphine is to limit yourself to only 30 milligrams a day. Just builds up your tolerance. I check every pill I get for purity. I have 8 milligrams suboxone in case I go through withdrawals. <laughs> I mean, it is like... It's like... Bleh, 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 bleh. If he was a robot, I wouldn't put it past him. But, uh... Yeah, I was just like, oh my goodness. So, uh, the fact that he thinks he's not addicted with 30 milligrams or whatever of morphine, it, it seems ridiculous. Um, so, after that, we find out he needs more drugs. So, we insert, uh, uh, here comes Frankie Shaw as Shayla, who is also his, um, what's it called? Um, who is also his uh, uh, neighbor. Sorry, it's getting late over here. Um, and he's saying, you know, this is just a regular drug deal. It looks like they might have had, uh, you know, kid, you know, relations before. Not exactly sure, but he's trying to get her out, pay it, and go. Um, she says, you know, do you want to do some Molly? They end up having sex. I will note that, you know, they had no problem keeping Shayla there with nothing but socks on. And, uh, you know, Elliot is just sitting there. Um, Covered up, legs covered up and all. Um, just saying, uh, you know, what what gives, USA, what gives? Um, anyways, you find out that uh, this might have not been the first time that they've been together. Um, th- then we have Elliot go to confront 
um, sorry, no, he does not confront. He he runs out to um, kind of track Michael Hansen, and from there he sees uh, Christian Slater's character kind of running around, asking some of the people he thinks that uh, are actually harassing him um, for money. So uh, we end up walking down, uh, Elliot goes walking down the street and finds Michael Hansen. And he calls, I believe Elliot calls himself so that he can get all his information and whatnot. Um, he also sees how terrible he's treating, uh, Michael, Michael, how terrible Michael is treating his dog. From there, we get, uh, call that means that there is a massive hack happening at Allstate. Sorry, not at Allstate, at Allsafe. <laughs> it's not at Allsafe. Uh, Allstate, sorry. Um, but, uh, you know, Angela is insistent. She is popping in red in this dull-ass corporate environment, and you gotta get over there. By the way, um, you know, dropped a J and had to go. I think that, you know, there's a lot of, uh, I think the dropping of the J was kind of similar to something that happens in Pulp Fiction. I think they drop a cigarette in the same style. Um, so we see that Sam Esmail definitely has that flair of wanting to um, kind of do some callbacks to some classic movies. So that's that's one for the books, but um, among a bunch. But uh, we even just 26 minutes in, and knowing this is a hacking show and this crazy shit is going on you hear this but they're not coming back up dude someone is straight up finger blasting their entire network right now Basically, they're just showing all of these different numbers, and you're like, what's going on? You see, I thought we set up security protocols so that this doesn't happen. Where's the attack coming from? Everywhere, obviously. USA, Finland, Thailand, Kuwait. Start restarting the services, load sharing, redirect the traffic, and call Prolexic for help. Wait, what? I don't think this is just a DDoS attack. I think they got a rootkit sitting inside the servers. What's a rootkit? Like a crazy serial rapist with a very big dick. Jesus, Lloyd. <laughs> Sorry, it's malicious code that completely takes over their system. It, it, it could delete system files, install programs, viruses, worms. How do we stop it? That's the thing. It's fundamentally invisible. You can't... So they have a good way of explaining uh, just what's going on in this crazy scene. Um, as you know, a normal non-hacking viewer, like I, like I don't know what's going on except for uh, Lloyd explaining that it's this crazy um, system that could install you know worms and viruses and delete all this other important shit. And so I'm just like, I, I I'm thinking this is some big shit you got to finish. So long story short, we see how intense this uh, little like it, it reminds me of. Uh, uh, hackers or something like that in the 80s i think that is that the movie um with all this you know tech that we see you know got to get the the red one to a green one kind of thing um but yeah 
uh, we find out that there is a note left in the uh, in the episode. Sorry, in the episode in the uh, rootkit of whatever he was looking at in the servers that says F Society and it says leave, um, you know, leave this virus or leave this program in there for him, um, and it says leave me here and I believe. Um, well, I, I I don't want to say too much, but um, it's it's interesting to see that, that this is you know this is all being geared towards um, Elliot, and then he has this weird uh, somewhat of a premonition where he doesn't want to delete the program; he wants to send it so that he has access to it himself. Um, so that's what he ends up doing. Next scene. Uh, Gideon and uh, Elliot have a nice little touching scene where Gideon explains his sexuality to him and, and um, you know says he's gay, um, and Elliot very much looks you know unbothered by it and he he kind of addresses Gideon as a nice guy and 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 he looks like he does want to do ultimate good for him because um, you know he is opening up to him a little bit, um, but yeah. Uh, these are some substantially uh, chunkier scenes than I would probably would have guessed. This is an hour episode, and this isn't your standard, you know, forty or a twenty-minute episode. So it's it's got a lot of meat onto it. So I w- I w- almost honestly would have said that this should have been chopped up into two episodes. But I mean, it's a big bite, but it's a great episode. Um, and so this is uh, the next episode after that. Uh, he. Elliot runs into uh, Christian Slater's character, and uh, I will say there are some interesting posters on this subway. One of them says, how do you sleep at night, which I don't know. uh, Elliot not being the greatest sleeper probably is important. Um, But uh, Christian Slater has some interesting talk. Um, They go and talk into... uh, Sorry, not into. They talk um, right outside the subway train, um, or in the station, sort of, kind of. It's not exactly, eh, sort of, in the station, I guess. Is that considered it? Um, anyways, Christian Slater explains how um, his father was um, a thief. Um, he robbed convenience stores and small stuff, and um, he said he basically taught Christian Slater that anything he steals is it's okay um, that everyone steals and it's how it, how it works. Um, he thinks that people are always getting overpaid or underpaid, but someone on the chain is getting bamboozled. Is basically what he says. Um, let me see. The chain always gets bamboozled. I steal, son, but I don't get caught. That's my contract with society. Now, if you can catch me stealing, then I'll go to jail. If you can't, I've earned the money. I thought that was a very interesting and telling scene. Um, He says that he respected uh, his old man until he went to jail. Um... I don't know. And he's comparing, Christian Slayer's comparing his old man to Elliot, saying that he's in jail and all of this stuff. Um, I think that's a little excessive. So, um, 
Popping in around the 38-minute mark, Christian Slater introduces Elliot to F Society. And um, F Society is not terribly friendly when he walks in, uh, at least initially. Um, you know, Darlene does, seems to be the most interesting-looking one, kind of giving him the side-eye. And uh, Christian Slater just making himself at home. Um, but he basically gives him the rundown and shows him, you know, what's going on. Um, but anyways, uh, Christian Slater said there's some sort of project, an anonymous project. They'll talk about it a little later, blah, 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 yada, yada. Enjoy the place. Um, anyways, um, that's when Elliot starts to think he's losing his mind or losing his shit. Um whether he is or not, who knows? Uh, <laughs> he he plays it to uh, to a T, and he also talks about the creation of us as the as the uh, the listener. I will say that this is one of the few um, episodes of television that are fourth wall breaking and continuously talking to the uh, to us as the viewer. And I enjoy it. It makes me feel like I'm interacting with the television show. Um, from there, Angela wants to watch Back to the Future 2. And she walks in on Shayla, still naked. Uh, Elliot says he's got to get she's got to get the hell out of there while he does research on F Society, tries to find out more information. Um, Darlene definitely has an uh, interesting front saying that she came up with the root kit and everything, so we find out that she is a lot more um, involved in this uh, in this you know plan, whatever this project is, than we were initially uh, no, were, were given credit for or were, were told at first. Um, Carly Shaken is the uh, actress who plays Darlene. She's also known for being in Robot Chicken, The Last Song, Nowhere to Go, Suburgatory. Um, yeah, and I I love the way she plays it. I, she's got a unique style, and uh, I can't really quite put my thumb on what, what her style is. So I've always thought that the talk with Christian Slater's character and um, Elliot on this uh, Ferris wheel was always very strange. I, I thought it was one of the most bizarre choices to shoot this year. And it's kind of eerie, it's kind of different, and it's kind of relaxing. It's, it's like all of these different uh, combinations of things. And this is when Christian Slater says, you know, uh, what if we erase the debt to zero kind of thing. And, uh, you know, uh, I, I think the scene probably lasts a minute too long. I think it's just a tad self-indulgent. Like I, it does feel like it's a little bit long. Um, and we try to figure out who is, uh, Christian Slayer's character at this point, And he says, oh, that'll come later. It's like, geez, that is not, uh, odd or nothing. Um, why wouldn't you ask that first? But anyways, uh, Christian Slayer's character says, I want you to uh, set up Colby's IP so that it, it is uh, tracked as if he did the hacking. And uh, I believe that's what it is. And uh, from there, 
he, you know, Elliot's just kind of like mind boggled at that point. And as says the viewer, we don't know a hundred percent if he's going to do it. Um, but go to this next scene. And this is one of my favorite scenes with, uh, the Neil Diamond. If you go away playing with the pipes, um, on top of the subway that, uh, Elliot is looking at. I mean, it's one of my favorites, uh, um, I don't know, pieces of cinematography in this, uh, series i mean this is one of the scenes that inspires me as a filmmaker to use you know a really fucking long lens put it in the most awkward position on the top of my head or something and walk down the subway station with it i mean you are going to get some crazy bizarre things when you um you know go you know swing for the fences and this show specifically shows me how to swing for the fences it gives me ideas and ways that i can look at different uh uh, aspects and ratios of you know filmmaking and stuff like that I, re I just love it so uh from there we um we go to angelo uh sorry we see one of the many posters that this uh i don't know this series implements it's what i call like easter egg poster easter eggs really and one of them is uh an evil core poster that says how will i repay uh, sorry how will i repay my student loan debt and uh and this is something that's really troubling um elliot specifically as he's hacking elizabeth moss's um you know bank account seeing that she has almost $200,000 in debt, um, and she's trying to pay it off. I mean, Jesus, I mean, what? Is, I mean, IT school really costs that much? Um, also, I know tons of people are going through this and pausing and checking out every single inch of the screen. I'm going to let the other podcasts do that. I don't have time for that. I kind of want it to be a little bit more freeform than that if you have any you know requests then i definitely can or you know if you're like dude you gotta check this out then yeah um from there there's uh still let me see so from us finding out more about you know how much debt angela is in we found out more about the nation we found out more about the economy we find out more about the top one percent running most of our financial wealth um and that it's make and it's only getting worse it's uh it's really convinced elliot by this time that something probably needs to be done so by this point he's uh created the disc that needs to be made to, to set I, ip um set up terry colby's ip one of the other posters that uh, is shown to us as the viewer uh, right going into the subway station is uh, says villains evil always wins and it's uh, it shows the city just in black and white really it looks like a, a movie or something um, I don't know it doesn't really mean anything to me at this moment I can't think of anything that will mean um, villains it always wins what does that mean I, I, I mean what is it I can't think of anything that, that means um, at you know right now it's just so upfront and bland. I don't I don't know. So from there we are in the office with Angela uh, and Elliot and Tyrell Wellick, Terry Colby and Gideon Goddard. This is actually a pretty big scene where 
Terry Colby really becomes uh, shows his more misogynistic side once Angela is trying to explain what the hell happened in the hack. But he he excuses her from the room, and she is just livid about that. Um, and he has to ask Tyrell to ask Gideon to do the whole thing. It's just freaking bullshit. Um, so it was at that point. It looks like that uh, Elliot has no problem um, making <laughs> Terry's uh, IP match the hackers or whatever. So. Th- I think it says 20 days passed by, almost three weeks later, and not diddly's happened. Um, Elliot goes back to check on F Society. Um, it's not there. Um, by the way, he did some research on F Society. It said like the previous owner was like shot or something a year before, and before then the owners couldn't, couldn't be established, and so there's just really not much history on that building or uh, property. Um, so we go back to the uh, Krista Gordon and Michael Hansen story uh, plot line. There's a lot of plot lines in this. I mean, you got you got the uh, you know erasing the debt plot line. You've got you know the main character plot line, the you know, the therapist plot line. Um, you know, the, there's a lot of different plot lines, and, and we're we're not even like halfway there. I'd, I'd say it really shows its. Uh, I don't know. It's it's weaving a narrative that is requiring not just an A plot, B plot. I mean, there's tons of things going on. Um, he calls Michael Hansen. He gets tons of information from him. He's like, I want to know where you live, what you, what you do, what, you, what your birthday is, what your dog's name is, Flipper, um, all that type of stuff. And uh, let's see. He finds out that Michael Hansen's not his real name or something like that. Um, or he has several different aliases depending on what he was going out with that night, which is so shitty. Um, the result is Elliot says you got to break up with Krista, tell her you're married and all this stuff. And Elliot kind of stretches the truth to get all of that uh, to happen. Plus, he steals Flipper the dog. And uh, now he has a dog. Let me see what else. Anything else we have to cover on this episode. So he has Flipper. He, We also find out that he stores all of uh, the people he hacks in uh, files hidden under uh, music label names or something like that. And uh, it's sad to see his therapist, uh, you know, all torn up. It looks like... Uh, he even describes it, you know, he says that, you know, she's been up all night, all that type of stuff, uh, upset because of what he had to do, um, but that guy was kind of shitty. Um, from there, uh, Elliot goes to work after that and confronts uh, Angela for not talking to him for like three weeks, almost three weeks, and they kind of uh, make up, and they honestly get in a more intimate position in a way that you're like, oh my gosh, are they going to kiss? And I completely forgot about this when I first saw this. And everyone's looking at them and they're like, what the heck? And then they realize everyone's looking behind them, what's on the TV, and it's their uh, CEO, their boss, Terry Colby, is being taken in by the FBI saying that he had uh, doings within uh, 
the the hacking um, into uh, Evil Corp. And looks, uh, let me see. Anything else we need to cover via that? Okay, so um, from there we see uh, repent and follow Jesus, homeless guy holding a sign on the side of the street while Elliot rushes by him, kind of in a hurried and panicked state at first. He's like, what the heck's going on? You know, what's happening? It's happening. What's happening? What's happening? Throws his arms up. Sir, step inside the car. And then just like that, he's taken into what looks like a security guy's car. And it lo- and it almost feels like it's the rounded uh, aspect of the story that says, you know, I've been followed this entire time. And, oh, shit, they finally got me kind of thing. And so he's taken to one of the highest... Uh, levels in this uh building and i don't think it's made clear exactly where he is um let me see was it clear where he was let me see um at this point when he walks in it is not clear where he is okay so um he's kind of going into this you know it, it it's out of focus it's blurry like what the heck's going on um and it's disorienting 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 orienting uh, it's getting late over here so i'm just going to say that <laughs> uh anyways um he enters the room where he, uh, where we originally start and you know the music's all like oh shit it's like oh it's all coming together kind of thing and us as the viewer we're like oh shit wait he's in the room with the top one percent of people or whatever that he was talking about at the beginning and uh we get a good old bonsoir elliot please tell me you're seeing this too So, I mean, that's the way they leave episode one. I was, I was in shock. Um, I remember seeing that for the first time. I was just like, "Holy fuck!" You know, this is this is a hype ass show. Um, Mr. Robot. I I couldn't say enough good things about it. I will say that rewatching it does feel that that first episode was almost two episodes in one because it, it does feel. Um, has a lot going for it as in story ambition direction the writing all of it it really works on all cylinders and i don't think that this is a show for everybody i will say that there's going to be you know some people that are just like eh, i'm not you know not this is a great show great acting but it's just not grasping me and i can understand that i i think if you want something i don't want to say that you want something that's not as dense, but if you needed something like The Office over this, I wouldn't blame you because this is a, a show that really requires kind of 
multi layers of thinking and you're constantly learning and uh, having to uh, almost take mental notes in a way that do it, it does make it somewhat of uh, it's uh, a higher level of television. So thank you for listening to the recap of Season 1, Episode 1 of Mr. Robot. We're going to hop into the spoiler section, just briefly talk about a couple of things, just uh, about this first episode. I'm not going to go through a, a, a scene by scene or anything like that, but I will say um, this is for everyone that has seen through Season 3 and has not seen Season 4 yet, because that is where we are as of right now. So, spoilers. I'm waiting. Yeah, y'all, I'm giving y'all a little bit of time to pause. Okay, so, yeah, spoilers for Mr. Robot. Yes, I will say that, um, wow, there's, I guess there's just so many spoilers. I, the first episode does an excellent job at putting us in a position where we have no idea that Mr. Robot is actually, uh, you know, Mr. Alderson and Darlene is actually his sister. Um, we're really kind of in the dark with uh, the F Society of it all. Um, where we end up by the end of season three, it's kind. I, I'm trying to think way ahead. I know we have, uh, you know, Grace Gummer, I believe in in that, and uh, a couple of other, you know, Bobby Cannavale. There's a lot of characters that haven't been introduced um, to the story at this point. But I will say, this does an excellent job putting us in, you know, right in the shoes of where we need to be, not not kind of spoiling ourselves, but, you know, learning each episode about, oh, shit, that's his sister, you know, oh, shit, you know, oh, shit, that's his, his father, oh, shit, you know, this guy's a lot more fucked up than we expected. And uh, the way that the season unfolds, specifically season one, is so so right and i i love the way it unfolds um i do remember having you know, i was thinking that season one is so great that the last few scenes and season one don't um measure up for me uh to to be satisfying but I'll, I'll see if that is still the case once we get to the end of season one i don't know if we're doing play by play you know uh episode by episode for this Mostly because this, I, I, like I said in this, it's, it's a thick-assed um, show, especially recapping it. I mean, doing a scene-by-scene scene was already 55 minutes right here, so it's, uh, it's a thick one. And uh, I really enjoy it, but I'm not sure if I have the, the energy for all of that, so we might have to do some condensed podcasting with it. But at least we got the first one. I wanted to say that this is... This is the television series that got me into podcasting. This is what got me into learning more than just watching. So thank you for listening to the Luck Dog Podcast. Check out all the Luck Dog Podcasts that we have coming down the tube. TVs, movies, media, we got it all. Um, and check out the Aftercast where we discuss more uh, in-depth, additional, you know, personal detailed stuff. Um, about me and uh, what's going on behind the scenes. Uh, if y'all are interested in that, I mean, don't obviously. If you're not, I mean, you know, you know whatever. <laughs> um, it's getting a little bit of late out here, and 
Let me see if I have a few going away things just to cover. Why is my phone and my aftercast stuff? Okay, so um, comments, questions, concerns, email the lucky dog podcast at gmail.com. To support the podcast, paypal.me slash the lucky paypal.me slash the lucky dog podcast. All of the support goes straight to the business to help us stream better content, produce better content, edit, hire better editors, get a, you know, get a higher form of listening and podcasting pleasure. That's the goal. Um, so yeah, I, I, I ultimately my goal is to have a couple editors on the side. It's it's me doing all of the work right now. So that's what I mean by better editors. I mean better than me. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I I appreciate all the support, all the help we uh, uh, you give us. And um, email, Twitter, Facebook, Twitch, Instagram. All the links are below in the show notes. Thank you for listening. Uh, to the Lucky Dog Podcast. It's available on your favorite podcast player. We couldn't do it without you. And thank you, friend, and take it easy.